0: What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, are Callum Wiggins. Hello. And Robert DeFelice. Hello. We are doing the mailbag for March 2019, so we're going to break down some of the questions that you all had submitted. And just gonna breeze through these, a little relaxed edition, uh, compared to the things that we're gonna have coming up next week, where everything's gonna go to hell, and we're gonna be doing, you know, pay-per-view, 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 pay-per-view type stuff, but... Before we get into all that kind of stuff, we're just going to kind of answer some weird things. So if you don't know what the mailbag is, it's just sort of some wrestling stuff, some non-wrestling stuff, any kind of trivia, any kind of general questions, get to know us better. That's how this thing works out. So let's break down the inbox. That's not what you do with a mailbox, unless you're me when I'm a delinquent as a kid. Uh, Yeah, let's just open this up. Let's go with uh, Howard's questions. He has three theoretical who would win scenarios for us. Number one being, who would win between the modern-day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal, and the modern-day Kamikaze, Hakushi? <laughs> I'm voting Hakushi on this one. He wasn't a WWE champion in any capacity, let alone WWE world champion, but uh, it's Jinder Mahal. I have to vote against Jinder Mahal. How are you guys feeling? Mahal or Hakushi?
1: Hakushi Uh I mean,
2: he did cut off Bret Hart's head, so that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, That was impressive. But I'll go with jinder just because it's jinder. And you don't hinder the jinder.
0: Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I think you don't. I do.
2: He will turn Hakushi into sushi.
0: <laughs> Hak sushi? I could go for some sushi. It'd be pretty good. Couldn't go with a modern-day kamikaze uh, name <laughs> nowadays. I don't think that no, would no, really play be... all that well.
2: <laughs> no, it'd be like the modern-day SS officer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, Harden here again. <laughs> Man, I guess, uh, you know, if that would have been the NXT EU thing, you never know.
2: I had to cut out a lot of people in my head. Said, so, like, just like, can I get away with saying that? No. And then just then you get
0: with the SS officer.
2: <laughs> we just about get away with that.
0: <laughs> Marcel Bartel. Something like that. Another one is who would win between the King of Strong style, Shinsuke Nakamura, against the King of Dong style, Joey Ryan. I mean, as much as I, he's pretty much checked out, I gotta go with Nakamura, alright?
1: I would pay a lot of money to see Nakamura just beat up Joey Ryan.
0: I tell you what the weird context is though. He goes after Joey Ryan and then he goes, Come on.
2: <laughs> no. Well, the more interesting thing is the fact that Nakamura's entire offense pretty much since like the whole of twenty eighteen was hitting people in the dick.
0: And obviously yeah, if he true. does that against
1: Joey Ryan, he breaks his arm.
0: That's a good point.
1: <laughs> now but it. I think I think we gotta talk about Jerry Ryan's dick offense did originate from Japan because, you know, his in his words, American cock so big, so strong can <laughs> Nakamura <laughs> handle it. <laughs> it's
0: like that South Park uh, big American penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, ridiculous. Um... But yeah, I'll
2: go, I'll, I'll go with uh, Nakamura. Just as I could... I assume that if WWE for some reason brought Joey Ryan in, I I don't know if the penis stuff could actually work in that regard. I always think, think of like a
1: WWE.
2: W- yeah, but it's a WWE with Joey Ryan. Like, how much can they get away with the, the penis stuff? I assume they'll think of some funny innuendos. So like, oh, he's got a rather impressed, not to say that. impressive, but a rather strong pelvic region or
1: something along those lines. That would be...
2: be
1: I feel like Michael Cole would be on commentary like, this is going to be an incredibly hard challenge for Nagavora.
0: (laughs) If there's any time to pull out the phrase testicular fortitude, it's that.
2: I think we're in for a long evening, Cole. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: The third one is, who would win between Roman Reigns and Luther Reigns? Should I be a dick and just say Reigns wins?
1: Well, Reigns is clearly going to win. But again, I would pay good money to see Roman Reigns beat up Luther Reigns.
2: Yeah, I think I'd go for the one that beat cancer rather than the one that is cancer. <laughs>
0: yeah, Roman all the way. That's uh, There's no debate about that one. That's definitely a Roman win. Let's go over to Marco. Polo. I was hoping somebody would do it <laughs> after I said that. After listening to Bret Hart's Hall of Fame speech, are there any that you would recommend listening to? You know what? Off the top of my head, I couldn't really think of any other than Bobby Heenan and Mr. T, and they're for completely different reasons. Bobby Heenan is a scenario where, obviously, Bobby Heenan's fucking hilarious, so that's great. Uh, and there's also a real sentimental moment where he says that he only wishes that Gorilla Monsoon was still around to be able to uh, enjoy that with him. Uh, and Mr. T is just insane. <laughs> Like, he gives his speech, and it's one of the best ever for, like, just what the fuck's going on kind of mentality. The best part about it – actually, there's two best parts. Uh, He starts talking about his mom and how much he owes his success to his mother and how she raised him and all that other kind of stuff. And it's, you know, I love my mother every day of the year, not just on Mother's Day, but on Father's Day. And you got the crowd going, what? What? on arbor day what on thanksgiving day what and all this but to make it even better the ending of it is that they just kind of are like all right that's fucking enough and they start pushing him off and he's just like sorry i'm 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 sorry sorry." (laughs) i fucking love it it's so good
1: and then my favorite is kane comes out and he goes well he was talking about his mama And that was cutting into my time to talk about my daddy, Paul Bear. Yeah, that's so
2: good.
0: There's so many over the years that I'm sure I'm just flat out, like, I just kind of can't remember because there's too much information out there. Like, I kind of remember maybe McFoley had a good one. I kind of remember that maybe there was a good one with um, Edge. Uh, the The Dudley Boys, if I remember correctly, were fun. I don't know, though. What about you guys? Anything that stand out to you?
1: The one that came to mind for me was the Dudley Boys from last year, because they had a lot of fun with it, and the Edge and Christian induction speech prior to their speech was very funny.
2: Uh, The one that sticks out most clearly in my mind is uh, Jake Roberts. I just found it very... The Redemption story is so good. And it's just the very cerebral style of his voice, because obviously his voice is very much ravaged by the alcohol and the drugs and everything along those lines. But he still has that cerebral quality to him where he would just talk very softly. And I don't know, it just it connected with me in a way that a lot of these Hall of Fame speeches are very like big grand affairs where his one felt like it was just a real person moment, like a real feeling of I've come back from the brink and I get to celebrate this moment now.
0: What would you guys say is probably the worst? Because Stan Hansen comes to my mind. We can keep, make fun of that on the wrestling with the past and the whole, you gotta have an opponent. But, the, I mean, Eric Legrand, maybe? Uh,
1: was that the warrior word yeah. that I just turned off? Oh, of I, I,
2: I was going to say, I hated the Freebirds going in. I I, I like the Freebirds, but they'd spent so much fucking time just Dancing around the topic of like, oh, we're we going to do our music number? Okay, we'll do a music number. And then they seemed, I think they did it like twice or whatever. It's yep. like, just, it just took so much time. Just get on with it.
1: Actually, I want to go back. One speech that you've got to say Teddy Long embracing the fact that he's a meme really <laughs> warmed my heart.
2: I, I'm trying to think of any other ones that were like particularly bad. It's just, I mean, most of them are just, it, the ones that are bad are just too long.
1: And long winded then just got it. It was like, eh, get off the screen already. Who was? Yeah, Hillbilly Jim. See, I don't remember
0: his all that much. I know that everybody mentions that he had gone on really long, but I guess I just blocked that out of my memory. Maybe it was just kinda like one of those things. Maybe I was still, I don't know, eating at the time or something. Yeah, uh
2: Sonny's one. A little bit. I think she was a bit just mainly along the lines of I think she was a bit felt felt like she felt a bigger deal than she actually was. And a, I know she was still a biggish deal in terms of like the divas thing, but the whole ceremony of like her coming forward with all of the women and her standing in front. So she, I think I recall just her being not so much humble as in like yeah, done pretty good, and then everything just goes downhill from that moment on.
1: Mm.
0: I yep. think uh, earlier today she went back into jail again or something. So, Last night. Ugh, when did she ever
2: when did she ever out of jail, it's like she might as well just take up residency there.
0: We have to get out of jail to be able to go back into it as many times. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Some of these Hall of Fame speeches, like as much as the people themselves are people that are obviously worthy of going in and that they're you know should be respected and all that, like. I honestly can't remember Ricky Steamboat's induction speech and all that. I can remember more so what Charlie Caruso wore uh, wore two years ago, I think it was, where she wore that one dress where it was just like, God damn. Then to remember like um, Hulk Hogan's Hall of Fame speech. I'm assuming that Iron Cheeks was fucking awesome because it's Iron Cheek. So anytime that guy says anything, even if it's like 140 character limit uh, tweet, it's just the best. So
1: How was Trump's speech? Were you there live for it?
0: I wasn't there for any Hall of the whole
1: Fame. Oh, you didn't go to the one in New York?
0: No. Nah. No, nah, I ended up uh between that and Access, I chose Access and that was a mistake.
1: Yeah. Well that whole I- I imagine
0: his wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, that whole fucking WrestleMania twenty nine. Woof. Uh I don't know. If anybody has any suggestions of Hall of Fame speeches to check out, drop them in the comments below and, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to kind of chime in on that or something like that. I still haven't decided what I'm going to do with the Hall of Fame yet this year. I don't know if I'm going to just do something on the Megamaniacs or if I'm going to do something like uh, a live running thought post on the website or I'm not going to do a podcast. We have way too many podcasts that are going to be happening next week, but. You know, maybe something, or maybe just live tweeting or something. So, I don't know. If you guys have any suggestions about that, too, then carry that on. Um, Let's go to Marco's second question here. In relation to the Hall of Fame, who is somebody dead or alive who isn't in the Hall of Fame at this moment that you would like to see go in and talk about their career? If you choose someone who has passed, they get to come back and talk. Obviously, he's uh, he's picked Eddie Guerrero and CM Punk. I was going to go with...
2: I was going to say it's weird because Eddie Guerrero is in
0: the Hall of Fame. He's
2: been in there for over ten years, so
0: maybe he was picking a different Eddie then because it says mine are Eddie and Punk. So oh yeah, it's probably Eddie Gilbert. Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, there you go. Uh, my gut instinct was to go with Owen Hart, but then I really started thinking about it, and then I was like, you know what? How weird would it be? Which I guess is almost a reason to say to go ahead with it. But how weird would it be if you could bring these people back? And to have him give the context of his death, like that, I don't know if that's really something that I would necessarily think would be a good idea. So as a backup option, I figured the next go-to for me would be Randy Savage. Hearing Macho Man talk about his career, any regrets that he's had, and just flat out doing the shtick in front of that kind of an audience for the first time in decades, uh, that would probably be my my main thing. I mean, he's also in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yes. So,
2: so it's not it's not really answering the question, Tony.
0: Well, then that, that's when you go with Owen Hart, though. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, then I'm I'm just gonna do it, Benoit. Uh, you know, like Well, Just so he goes up to the mic and says, "Yeah, I'm sorry about that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh.
2: If it's someone who's alive, who hasn't gotten in yet, then I'd probably go Bischoff. Either, either Bischoff or Ted Turner. I, I, I like, would be fascinated to see Ted Turner go into the Hall of Fame. And someone who's passed away, probably Bruiser Brody.
1: Mm. Um, I would also, it hasn't been announced yet, I'd like to say Cindy Lauper on the celebrity side. I'd also say for somebody who is... Passed away on the celebrity side, Andy Kaufman or Lemmy from Motorhead, just because. I wonder if I would understand a word that comes out of Lem- Lemmy's mouth. Oh, definitely. So I'm- their heads kick your ass.
0: I'll so <laughs> yeah. <Ace of> speeds. <laughs> what about Vader? Yeah, that
1: fucking sucks.
0: Well, it's
2: well, it's the not. idea. He- yeah, I mean, it's 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 the idea of people being in there, but it's people you want to hear the speeches of. Yeah. So- um, I mean, I'd be I mean, Vader would have a lot of good stories, but it's just a case of you probably heard all of them in shoot interviews already. That's a good point. Um, Cornette definitely needs to go in there. It would it would be interesting to like in terms of the speech to just hear from someone who doesn't do the shoot interviews thing. It's basically just disappeared from notoriety almost, and just like, and then just bring them back. I'm trying to think of. I mean, obviously, yeah, who would that be? be though? Good for, well, it'd be interesting to do ones from the past because obviously that was before shoot interviews became a, a big deal. So someone like a Bruce Brody or a uh, Adrian Adonis or something along those lines would not have had that, would still have a lot of good stories, but wouldn't, we'd never heard them because they would never have given interviews about it. But nowadays it would probably be someone like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone so unbelievably obscure that maybe like D. Malenko he's like kind of boring as a person but <laughs> have a lot of good stories but we never talk about it because he's always been employed by WWE so
0: his half Fame speech is like wow this is uh, a great honor thanks yeah <laughs> and then you're like bum 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 this bum. <laughs> <kind> of like... <laughs> Jericho um, comes
2: down he starts and continues listing his moves
0: i love the idea of the andy kaufman uh thing because you got to imagine Kaufman wouldn't just go out there and talk; that he would do something.
1: Oh, he would have been Tony Clifton come out in the full gear and like <laughs> played his own. He would have done his own induction speech as Tony Clifton and then come back out and you know it would have been great. He would have picked one of the female superstars out in the audience and asked to wrestle them. Hopefully, Nia Jax would have been like throwing him around. Great.
0: You know the um. The Mighty Mouse whole thing with the record, he does that, but with like some wrestler's theme. Like, uh, I don't know. I've been listening to the X Factor theme lately, <laughs> like something like that. <laughs> Waits until it goes X Factor, and then just that yeah. part that he contributes. Uh, let's go to another question from Marco. If NXT takeover San Jose comes to fruition, do you guys think that it would be a good first wrestling experience for my non-wrestling fans? I'm yeah. I'm of two of hit opinions because my gut instinct says it's always a safe bet to go with an NXT event because takeovers are like 99% awesome. But at the same, uh, on the same token, I kind of look at this as like, well, the NXT side appeals more to the hardcore wrestling fan than something like the main roster does. The main roster is a little bit easier to digest for a wider range of likes and tastes. So if the non wrestling fans, are completely not into wrestling, like they just think that it's the stupidest thing in the world, but they're into sports, TakeOver would be great. If they're completely not into it, and they're not into sports, I don't think that they're going to like TakeOver. But then again, if they're kind of like, you know, "Eh, I could watch WWE every once in a while, or something like that. If you uh, take them to a TakeOver event, and they can get blown away by just the, you know, the actions that are going on, I think that that's a great idea. You guys agree, disagree?
1: Yeah, I think TakeOver is an amazing way to introduce somebody to wrestling because you get them ingratiated with what should presumably be the future of WWE. You show them that, yes, there's great characters like Velveteen Dream and that it's not all soap opera bullshit like they might get the opinion of if they watch, you know, something happening with the authority. I, I think it would be a
2: terrible idea to make your first wrestling experience an NXT show. Just for essentially, they would be feel encouraged by after watching the NXT show. say, oh, I actually quite enjoyed that. What's going on in the main roster? And then they would immediately be put off wrestling for the rest of their lives, <laughs> just because it can't live up to that standards. And also, uh, my stand for someone who's a non wrestling fan, if I was to take them to a wrestling show, is that I cannot in any circumstances explain to them what's going on. In the sense of, if they have to ask me why should I care about this match or what's going on in this match and I have to explain it to them, it's a fail immediately. They need to just lose themselves in the actual action itself. Because otherwise, if you're explaining it, then you have to like make sure their focus is taken away and also the fact that you have to explain it means that the wrestling isn't doing its job. Because the wrestling should just
0: be telling them what's going on. There should be a story taking place. Well, that's so where I, take... I kind of look at the pre-show stuff it is superfluous because wrestling's not that complicated and if you can't get into it just by going like all right let me watch these two have like a good dance kind of thing the, i mean the, the stories aren't that complex to be like no. wait why is the uh, triple h and batista why are they feuding it's like i don't know the one guy fucking hates the other guy like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah but
2: but with nxt it's so it's so storyline driven from the previous weeks building up to a takeover show like they'll they'll call back to different moments, building up in the feud and stuff like that. So people have to explain like, why is he doing this thing? Why isn't he just beating him up? And you just say, well, in the previous weeks building up to it, they've done this sort of thing, and that's why he's doing a callback to it. And that's so that's a good like. Idea. Whereas if you were to take him to say like a PWG show, where it's essentially just a big spot fest, the entire thing, or a um just like a show in AAA or something on those lines, like a Lucha Libre thing then they could just completely lose themselves in the mixture of gymnastics and athleticism about it. So, wow, this is just a load of fun. It's like a joint, yeah, like, not so much a gymnastics event, but it's like a big entertainment show where I haven't had to think. I don't even know who any of these people are. I'm just going to see a load of people flying around the ring doing heads and, heads and stuff like that. So you're going to have fun. Those would be the shows that I would take a completely non-wrestling fan to.
0: We talked about this before, but I'm just going to touch on it cuz it's interesting. If you had to show one match to somebody to try to get them to kind of understand the most about wrestling and potentially get hooked on it, what would it be? Cuz my go-to answer is uh Bret versus Austin WrestleMania.
1: Um hmm. I I would have to show them Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania 25.
0: I mean, like, as far as you got to show them that in ring talent is good, that there's, like, kind of a circus element to it, that there's storyline behind it, like, all that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, Undertaker Michaels is probably my favorite match ever. But I don't know if I would go with that for necessarily the drama behind it as much.
1: I'm going to cheat a little bit and say if you show them. The video package that airs before the match, and they get a good idea of okay, light versus dark, and the match happens. You're you're pretty set.
2: I'd go with the um six way ladder match from the past NXT, well the last NXT takeover at WrestleMania weekend, the uh, New Orleans one.
1: Along the just... same lines of it being a crash course and just like. Wow, this is a lot of fun. I want to keep well, watching. Well, it's just a case of, like, there is there is still very good
2: wrestling in it because all the guys in it are great, and it's, like, it's it's, car, it's got car crash elements into it, so it'll keep them engaged, and they'll just see a load of high spots and think, oh my god, this is, like, it, you don't want to set them up too high, but it's just a mixture of the fact of they see the wrestling's good, but they're also just entertained by the whole car crash element of it. And there's enough story building up. Because at the end of the day, it's just six guys battling for a title that hadn't been that was crowning its first champion so i think i think as little stories you can put into it the better really you want to show storyline elements in the match but as little story building up to the match itself the better really
0: let's go to marco's final question if you were all on the commentary team what do you think is the phrase or word spoken on live TV that Vince yells at you over the headset? I was kind of confused about this, so I'm not too sure exactly what you're going with, Marco. But how did you guys interpret this question?
1: So I think what he's asking is what would be the one overall criticism or praise that Vince McMahon would have for us? Hmm. I'd, I'd probably, I thought, I thought it was more along the lines of like
2: that you'd forgotten to say a phrase or whatever, and Vince is screaming it down the headset at you, just like say, oh, you you got to say this, say this now, say this at this point, or whatever.
0: But I think... And this, Brock... that's funny, because I took a different direction, too. I took it as, <laughs> what's the one thing that Vince will be saying to you? Just like if you were alongside Vince or something. So let's answer all three. Why not? Okay. Uh, let's start with Rob, since you said it first. Yours was, uh, what would be the criticism
1: type of thing? Yeah, what would be the criticism?
0: So, huh, what would Vince... Criticise for oh, you know.
1: I know, I know what he criticized
2: about you, Tony. He'd say like, well, he'd just go along the lines of, well, he'd either we wake up, or, or just like, why are you taking this all so seriously, or, <laughs> <laughs> or why either, are, you, are you trying to make sense of this?
0: Either that or, goddamn, pal, stop cursing.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: we uh, don't say mean, fuck that'd be,
2: here. <laughs> that'd be what he'd be saying to me. I'd be trying to like. Listen, can you try and cut, tone down the word cunt usage and stuff like that every now and again?
1: I feel like with you, it, you just get all over the enunciation. Like, what is that? That accent. God.
0: King's I English. Mean, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah,
2: I mean, i know Nigel McGuinness, but... But, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you'd
1: say about you, Robin, so you say stop mocking out. I, yeah, that's, that's the one I thought, too. Like, it's either going to be... Something along the similar lines of enunciation or just like, God, calm down a little bit. Like let the story tell itself. You know? Yeah.
0: So what uh what was your scale and what was your interpretation? It's so like a word or like
2: a big phrase that they currently use or they might use just that that they would associate with a wrestler's part of the show that he'd have to remind you to say because you just wouldn't say it otherwise. Like uh, a, Boss Time. Uh, yeah, the I boss time know. thing. <laughs> Because I would, I would just actively try and avoid saying it. And then you, as soon as he said, like, you've got to say Boston, I'd say, yeah, it's Boston. And then just move on.
0: I think that one of the things that I would find difficult is I do use the word belt a lot. So uh, referring yeah. to it as title would be like a little bit of a, a problem with that. And same thing with like pronouns, because it's like, oh, he just did whatever. And it's like, you got to be always talking about, you know uh right now NXT UK is on so it's like it's never you know Noam Dar just did that to him it's Noam Dar did that to Mark Andrews and also fuck uh the whole using the extra names thing too he would totally hate that it would be like it's not Mustafa Ali damn it it's Ali like you know
1: I think for me it would be it's not Wrestling, like I would I would, cause I would keep saying wrestling and then need to be corrected that it's sports entertainment.
0: So then, my interpretation was what's just the thing that he just keeps fucking telling you? <laughs> like, uh, I rewatched um, WrestleMania 10 last night when I was trying to sleep, and the thing that stuck into my mind was the thing that he does all the time when he was a commentator. Uh, but he really did it a lot at WrestleMania 10, which is
1: unbelievable. You want to know why? That was their marketing slogan that year. They really pushed the whole new generation, and it was Wwf New Generation, unbelievable. So he was trying to shove that down your throat. Oh, mm. well, he did. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm guessing it would be the old fashioned a maneuver. Uh,
2: yeah, I'd probably go with something on those lines, like. I'm not too up to date with like Vincent Mann's commentary. I've like, watched bits and pieces of it, but I wasn't watching at that point in time. And I haven't really gone back to a huge amount of time, huge amount of times to watch it. So it probably would be something like that, or he would be talking about some wrestling. He would talk about some wrestling move and completely get it wrong. Cause he says like the water maneuver thing, but then he could, he might just come up with one that's completely different. And then I'd, I'd feel the urge to correct him but then know that my job would be on the line, <laughs> and would just, just climb up and say, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Vince, that was great. That, that was a maneuver, Vince. You're... Yeah, that
0: was and one he hell of a Fucking cackle.
1: <laughs> mm. I love that.
0: <laughs> what a ride. Let's go to Michael Patrick. In an alternate universe where The Shield has never formed, which three current NXT talents would you choose to bring to the main roster as The Shield? This is tough, because... This is a scenario where I don't think anybody really necessarily fits. I think the shield really kind of only worked because those were the three people kind of the same as like, I mean, you look at like evolution and it was uh Mark Jindrak, correct? That was uh, supposed to be part of that. And yep. that didn't work out. And then, you know, you got Batista and Randy Orton, Triple H and Ric Flair. And that actually does work out to be like the modern day equivalent of like a four horseman type of stable. I don't know if anybody necessarily from NXT, not even one person would fit the mold of what the shield brings with the flack and everything. But I would say if I had to pick three people, I'd probably go with Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. I think that, uh, the Djakovic, Djakovic, I still don't fucking know how to pronounce it, is kind of the Roman Reigns like he's like the big one out of the bunch not as big in one way as Keith Lee, but he's the tall kind of like uh, let's build towards him as the future type of guy. Keith Lee is sort of the Rollins in the sense of being like work up to the crowd a little bit more and then Ciampa is like the lunatic fringe Ambrose.
1: So I'm going with Alistair Black Djakovic. And in the, in the role of a Seth Rollins and Adam Cole. Uh, I'm
2: pretty close. I'm like I'm also putting uh Dijakovic into my one as well. But it'd be Dijakovic, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle, because I think those three have a chemistry of each other because they've worked together multiple times in the past, so the chemistry will already be there. Uh, Matt Riddle can be your just. Uh, it, not in the same mold as Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins is more charismatic or at least is a better promo but he would be like the fighting wrestler the like the fighting machine type character and then you have Keith Lee is the the charisma the voice the the main spokesperson for it which is what Dean Ambrose was originally and then Dijakovic is the one you go all the way with eventually it's just like the the big dog
1: See, I had it. Like, I think we can all agree that Djokovic is would would be that Roman Reigns like guy. That's <laughs> he's part of down. our
0: uh, our three person Mount Rushmore when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah. we all agree on him.
1: Uh, Alistair Black, I see him as the Ambrose because he's like that. He can be very silent and cerebral in his speak. And Adam Cole is kind of like that flashy offensive guy that can either rise to the top or just. Go nowhere, depending on how they're feeling that day. And I think it would work, but yeah, there's no replacing the shield.
0: I could see a black and uh an Adam Cole combo like that, yeah. I I, I, I kind of
2: that. I kind of forego uh Alistair Black, because in an ideal situation I know he's in a tag team with Ricochet now, but in my ideal situation he's a he's just a a lone wolf kind of character. Yeah. I wouldn't see him as part of a stable. And if it was, it would be, like, two, I don't know, like, devout followers of his, like, in the same way, like, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family were, rather than him just being part of the unit. But that's just me.
0: Hmm. Interesting question. I like that. That's uh, one of my favorite ones that we've gotten in a little while. Bonus question for Tony. Have you tried the new dark chocolate Oreos? Uh, I didn't even know that they existed, but I'm going to have to try to find them, even though I, I like milk chocolate more than dark chocolate.
1: So, I mean, I've I was... had like the basic chocolate cream Oreos. I had those like a couple weeks ago. They're really good. If that's what he's talking about, they're very, very good. I know that Callum's not going to like it. And Callum doesn't <laughs> like chocolate because he's not human.
2: I mean, you don't have to keep drawing attention to it. You could <laughs> yes, just move on. on. I,
0: do.
1: <laughs> I think, but I think they
2: want us to. That's why they keep, <laughs> that's <good>. that's <laughs> why they keep giving <laughs> the chocolate stuff. They keep also, pizza. Yeah, they're not going to be satisfied until I literally throw up on <laughs> lightning during recording.
0: <laughs> uh, let's go to Peter's questions here. We've got a couple sent over for him. Are you going to any wrestling events uh, for WrestleMania? If yes, can we meet up? Tony, if we meet up in MetLife, I'll buy you a hot dog. <laughs> Sadly, no, I'm not going to be going into any of the WrestleMania events. Uh, Calum, I'm pretty Neither sure that you're lie. not either. And Rob, you're not uh, scheduled for that either. So, yeah. That yeah. That sucks.
2: Until they bring one to the UK. Um, in which case in which case Peter might not turn off that
0: point, so,
1: so Talk to me next year where they're like right outside my backyard.
0: Uh yeah, I planned on it. Uh didn't get tickets right. And then at that point it was like, All right, well I can't get anybody else to want to agree to go to Takeover or can't get anybody to at least want to go to the Hall of Fame or, you know, anything like that. So then I was like, Well I'm not gonna buy one ticket for myself and go.
1: Well, I let me t- ask you: Seeing the Hall of Fame lineup, the NXT lineup, and the WrestleMania lineup, do you wish you were going now? Yep. I, I would.
2: I I kind of put myself in the boat is that I would have gone to the NXT show, and I would have probably gone tried to get to the Madison Square Garden show, and I wouldn't have been too disappointed if I couldn't have gotten WrestleMania tickets.
0: As much as I still think that half of the card for WrestleMania is pretty lame right now, I would. Still wish that I could have been able to go because I got a feeling that it's going to be a better WrestleMania than 29. I need Uh, to erase that, you know, that's really setting the bar low. I know, but I need to have that optimism or else I'm going to spend the next uh, three weeks just being like the which I've done for the past like year. (laughs) He asks, should he do a sign-me-up at the Hall of Fame on uh, any cosplay ideas for on and SmackDown? Uh, I would actually say, as much as I obviously appreciate all the sign-me-ups and stuff, I would say no for the sign-me-up at the Hall of Fame. I think that that's an event that should be more low-key and relaxed and stuff. But if you do it, then greatly appreciated. Uh, I'd say bring that sign to take over or something like that instead. Cosplay ideas, my go-to is to say Valentine Dream. <laughs>
1: God, um, yeah. Or do like a, do a Dean Ambrose? Do something simple. Ambrose is very easy. Just wear one of his shirts and a pair of jeans. Uh, I think I think if you're going with uh, some sort of
2: like cosplay, like, you want to go with something flamboyant. Really, I would probably say if you were going to go with anything like Velvet Teen Dreams, a good one. Uh, maybe something like the Rockers, like either like not just like old like current Shawn Michaels, but like the old school Rockers thing. Cause I don't think anyone else would be doing that, and it's still like a very flamboyant look, or maybe like high energy.
0: Or but, uh, yeah, that would be a good one. I was just like in my, in my mind, I got that mixed up with Public Enemy, and then I was like going to say, "Oh, what about with?" And then I was going to say,
2: "Higher." You could do that as well. i do that do that one show do that
1: for raw and do the other one <laughs> Where do you find the gear for high energy?
0: Eighties. <laughs>
1: just <laughs> go back to the eighties, pick it up. Yeah, time machine.
2: Don't just don't do um don't do a snooker thing or anything like that. Don't want don't want
0: anything to draw any controversy. <laughs> um let's see. Tony, why are you hip, uh hypocritical about two time Hall of Famers? Drew White is a two-time Hall of Famer and yours, Mark Count Moment Hall of Fame, uh, twenty sixteen, the Mr. Cotter voice, that yeah, Mr. Cotter. And the twenty nineteen giving away Drew's fantasy league team and the fucking shithead of losers. <laughs> I fucking love that type of thing. um uh, the trick is that Drew himself is not inducted. It's the jokes. So Drew's not a two-time Hall of Famer. Jokes that revolve around Drew are, so sense. So you're saying that both
2: Kane and Isaac Yankum, DDS, could both go in the Hall of Fame? Mm. Cause it's not, because it's the same person, but it's different iterations of that person.
1: Yeah, technically, yeah. Are you saying that each of Kane's masks can go in the Hall of Fame?
0: No, that, no, since they're way too similar, and they're still all keen. But no, like, if they were to take, say, right, they're not going to do it, be- but, you know, if they were to have, like, we're let's induct Papa Shango, and then let's induct The Godfather, I'm more okay with that than with this idea that Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and Booker T are now, we have four two-time Hall of Famers, just because they're being inducted because they were part of a group that people didn't feel was uh, worthy enough on their own, you know?
2: You know hmm. it's, it's, I think it's a fair criticism to have this sort of thing. You you shouldn't need the two-time Hall of Fame, but I guess just it just is an issue that so many people were just familiarised based in tag teams, and the other part person was so much bigger than the tag team itself.
0: Yeah, it's just strange. Uh, This one, I don't know the right answer for this. And actually, it, it changed last night. But he says, what title doesn't count for Charlotte? She's billed as a seven-time champion. Now she's billed as an eight-time champion. One NXT title, one Divas title, four Raw titles, and two SmackDown titles. Now three. Technically speaking, I assume that they're taking that Divas Championship that they transitioned into the Raw Women's Championship, and they're making that just one title reign, but that, it is kind of way strange.
1: That's the I did it when I counted.
0: No,
2: it's, it's 100% the NXT title they take away, because the NXT title is NXT. WWE titles are WWE titles. It's WWE Divas ah. Championship, the Raw Championship, and the SmackDown Championships. NXT yeah. is completely separate. It's not like Sasha Banks is a five time women's champion. She's a four time women's champion. That's true. Yeah. I guess so. That's.
0: Oh, Calum's smarter
2: than us guys. <laughs> it's it's like funny. It's like I put the words NXT before certain things, and sometimes I have WWE. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're two different brands, even though they're all under one umbrella. You can't just, have to just remember that distinction.
0: I mean, ultimately, it comes down to they just do whatever the fuck they want to do, because Ric Flair is a 16-time world champion, yet at the same time, they don't count certain other things for other people. And, you know, like...
2: He's a 16-time, he's a 14-time, he's an 18-time world champion, based on whatever times you want to look at it. Antonio Noki's a WWE champion, you've got all that other stuff. Like, they'll mix and match however it suits them. I mean, they... I'm surprised they don't talk about Charlotte as a nine-time women's champion as opposed to the eight that she actually has. It makes her more impressive. makes her... Just think, she's only halfway away from beating Ric Flair's record or matching it.
0: And she's only been on the main roster for four years. (sighs) Crazy. She's going to end up being like a 40-time champion. I'm sure if they have their way. Um... Next question here. Have you ever laced up a pair of boots and owned a wrestling ring? You said it was a childhood dream to wrestle. I I I don't remember saying that necessarily, but maybe somebody else did. Uh no. <laughs> never have, never will. I've never been into the physical side of the wrestling thing. I've never been the a big athlete. Uh I've wanted to be a manager. And I've wanted to like cut promos and stuff, but uh you're not putting me through a fucking table.
1: <laughs> I uh I've thought about manager, and obviously I think when you get into wrestling at some point somewhere, it's your dream to try to do it. But no, as of this point, I have not.
2: Uh, it's, it's always been in the back of my mind to at least just step into a ring at one point and take some bumps. Just to see what it feels like. And it would probably give me a better appreciation for the stuff that people have to go through on a nightly basis. I don't think I would ever last by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe just as, like, a fun way of doing exercise. I might give it a go at some point, but I don't know where the closest wrestling school is to me and stuff like that, so
0: it would be too much hassle. I think the only person that really has had... Well, actually, no, never mind. The people that have had some wrestling experience that have been on Smack Talk, Dace has, through OTW, Wago has through whatever promotion it was that he had done that so yeah um what are we on right now who do you want dean ambrose to feud with before he leaves uh i had a couple different names on my list and none of these could happen when they were like actually you know in this time frame where he's gonna leave in a couple weeks or so but i do think that some of these feuds would be interesting. Uh, Sami Zayn. We haven't quite seen that yet. Jeff Hardy, a bunch of years ago, would have been fun. Now, I don't think as much, but if you take Jeff Hardy from uh, 10 years ago versus like Dean Ambrose from two years ago, I think that would have been a really cool feud. The new Daniel Bryan gimmick would mesh really well with Dean Ambrose, I think. Still want to see some Mojo and Dean Ambrose brawl still think that Braun Strowman and Dean Ambrose could have a good, hardcore feud. And then when it comes to the NXT side of things, Ciampa, Gargano, Aleister Black, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, you know, just the, the standard stuff. Although I don't think that a Ricochet and Dean Ambrose feud would be amazing.
1: I, For me, Aleister Black came up. I think they would have really good promos, but walking that fine line between, you know, good and evil. I think... Dean Ambrose versus Johnny Gargano, or even like a DIY with uh, Rollins and Ambrose would be really good. But I would really like to see Dean Ambrose against the new Daniel Bryan. I wasn't thinking that until Tony said it, but that sounds really cool. I would like
2: him to go into a feud, especially in the situation where he is now, where he's in the process of leaving WWE. If the fact that they revealed that side of things they might as well have gone whole hog with it with him just being like this really surly like character that just like is trying to convince people to leave as well and i would use that to like as a building blocks for a feud with some of like the younger more impressionable people so well i say younger more impressionable but like people that have like seems to have like dreams and aspirations and are thinking big about reaching the next level and ambrose is there to just time down so you'll never break through the glass ceiling you're never going to get anywhere and so I'd look at people like Mustafa Ali uh I'd say maybe uh I'm trying to think of some like young people that haven't maybe Rusev if you wanted to push him more as the Bayou face side of things like in NXT or 205 Live you could have someone like Buddy Murphy trying to push himself into the next level or Cedric Alexander uh maybe a matt riddle as well just because i think Matt riddle can have good matches with anyone and yeah just just maybe just build the feud around the idea of like it's this young guy who's like trying to get a lot of opportunities or is looking to break through the glass ceiling and then there's just just this guy who's already said that he's gonna leave and he's trying to say you, oh you'll never get anywhere i never got anywhere and if i can't get anywhere then there's no chance you're gonna get anywhere it's like and you build it around that Hmm.
0: Uh, let's see. Rank the four WWE horsewomen. That's uh, Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and Bailey. I would go in that uh, in that way. I'd say Charlotte Flair is the best overall, then Becky Lynch, then Sasha Banks, then Bailey. And my reasoning behind this is Bailey's the worst. Not from any kind of like, oh, she's bad. It's just that I feel like she's very one note and she hasn't evolved past that point. Uh, she hasn't been able to connect to certain people that aren't in like the more childhood side of things. Uh, her history with NXT is something that that was a, a great build, and then once she got to the main roster, it really just didn't work as well. Sasha is above her on my list because I think that she's a better performer overall, but I find her to botch a lot more than Becky and Charlotte, so that's a problem. And I also really, really hate when Sasha cuts promos, and that she, every single promo, she has to laugh, look down, and to the side. It's one of her nervous tics, and it bugs the shit out of me. Becky, I think, is a little bit overrated from what she's got currently on right now. Everybody kind of acts like she's the best thing that's ever happened to pro wrestling, but I do think that for a long time she was underrated, so I don't want to lose track of that. I think she's good in the ring. I think that she's probably the best on the mic out of the bunch. And you know what? Not probably. She has the best on the mic. I'm still not not the biggest fan of the accent, but that's not something she could help. And uh, Charlotte, I think as much as she can go into the same rut a little bit of falling into the one dimensional character of I'm the queen and that's it. I think that she's the one that you can trust the most. And it makes sense that she's the one that they've built around. But how would you guys rank? them?
1: For me, I would keep Charlotte in the number one spot. I put Sasha number two. Becky, number three, and Bailey stays at number four. Bailey, for much of the reasons that Tony had already mentioned, with Becky, I definitely think the way she is, she's gotten the praise that she deserves. But for a long time, she hadn't hit that level. Sasha had, and Sasha, even though she isn't the best promo, she is very good in the ring and can be good in promos depending on who she's. Standing against. And Charlotte, you can knock her, but there's a reason she's on top. Callum? Uh I will rank them
2: Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Sasha. I put Sasha at the bottom because arguably she's the better wrestler out of all of them. But ever since she came on the main roster as a babyface, I've never connected with her. I find her incredibly unlikable as a character. And as a heel it works and the arrogance really like exudes from her character and it really works out well. As a babyface I find it almost impossible to connect with her. And so in her current iteration she I, I have more of a connection with someone like Bailey who, while I admit, is a worse wrestler, only slightly. It's not like she's significant or anything like that. But it's just a case of I've, I gravitate towards more of her character and I find her more likable, more endearing, more likely to get invested in a story involving her as opposed to Sasha. Uh, I would go then then Becky because I think she has the most charisma out of all of them, and I don't have an issue with the accent or anything like that. But it's just more of a case of she's. I don't know. What to say I'd probably if I was ranking them in terms of just pure wrestling ability, her and Bailey would be pretty close towards the bottom but becky's charisma makes up for it and the fact that she has got this huge momentum behind her and charlotte is as proven on the latest episode of smackdown with that match against oscar is just the overall best women's wrestler they may have ever had in that company just in terms of pro mobility storytelling in ring and outside of the ring uh just is like the combination of all those things. Like she's not she I don't think she's the best at any one of those elements, but as a combined package, she is that's the reason why she is the chosen one.
0: She's Drew McIntyre, everybody. Oh
2: yeah. I would have said Jeff Jarrett, so you know. She can beat <laughs> Roman Reigns of WrestleMania as well.
0: And our final question here for the mailbag from Peter as well. How do we get the four horsewomen of MMA versus the four horsewomen of WWE? I think it's uh, as simple as you just pair them off. You have Duke and Shafir are the tag team because they're the ones that aren't able to yet establish enough on their own. And assuming that they kind of continue on with the whole Banks and Bailey type of thing, then the Boss and Hug connection are the ones that are kind of locked up with them. Uh, Basler gets locked up with either Flair or... Uh, Lynch, and then Rousey is with the other one. I think it's just Rousey's the head. She's the main eventer. Basler is the mid Carter, essentially, and then you got the tag team. It's a standard stable kind of thing, and you just do it. I don't think you need really too much to it. One side has the one team. One side has the other team. They all stand in the ring. They come back into like, even though you know Charlotte is against. Becky and they've got this bitter rivalry. They did have a thing with survivor series where they were putting it off on the side and all that. So you could just have it simple. as be like, all right, now we, we respect each other. That's the end of it.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. I ultimately think that it's just being saved for a survivor series because it's kind of ruined now because I think at one point it definitely would have been just Charlotte matching up with Rhonda and then Becky, maybe matching up with Baszler, but now that they're kind of seen on the same level, it's going to be harder to get that pairing off, but you could break it down the way Tony did, or like me, I'm thinking it's just this November or next November, or at some point in a November, we will get the <laughs> four Women, Women Survivor Series match. Remember 2048.
0: Um, it just, it's like
2: just quick fantasy booking or anything along those lines. I'd probably have some sort of match between Becky and Charlotte at the upcoming SummerSlam. After uh, presuming that Becky wins the Women's Championship at WrestleMania, you have Charlotte challenge her at SummerSlam, and then you have this instance where Ronda's been gone for a while. Ronda baszler Shafir and Duke all appear all at once, essentially hijack the match, tear up the ring, do, do the whole like nexus thing with it, just tear up all around ringside, just try and ruin the show based around just trying to eliminate that match and all the people involved. That means that you can have this instance where Becky and Charlotte, even though they're still not close or friends at any point in time, they're begrudgingly having to work together against this. Now Rhonda's back and she's brought her friends with her, so it's even more of a threatening situation. And so you can have the match at Survivor Series. Just the idea that they need help to do it and who would they recruit other than the uh, their other Four Horsewomen allies in uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey? So, yeah, you just have a situation where you don't really end the feud between Becky and Charlotte, but they have to work together because the threat of the like, MMA Four Horsewomen is just too strong for them to handle on their own.
0: I could see a scenario where they've got like... Becky, Charlotte are in the ring. They get surrounded, you know, all four sides are the four horsewomen of MMA. And they do that kind of, like, standard back-to-back kind of, oh, I guess we're going to take two apiece type of thing. And I don't know if I can really turn my back to you, but we're going to have to put our differences aside. And then you hear the beginning of Sasha Banks' theme. Like, that could be the type of thing where they run out, and then that becomes, like... They're almost the buffer between the two and the storyline is essentially like Banks and Bailey are the two that are trying to get the two of Charlotte and Becky to get along and to not let this crumble and do that kind of a thing. Like that's really the only way that they can really do it. I mean, other than that, they're going to go with something as simple as like they're all friends and they just fucking announce it, you know, like. Because there's another thing that you had to, to be factored in. We we don't know a hundred percent yet how this whole thing at WrestleMania is going to work out. It seems the way, the way that they're doing this is the raw women's championship is on the line and nothing else. If there's some kind of uh you know, merge of the championships, I don't think that's going to be the case, but if that happens, then that can play a big factor in there. If, they do something like Clash of Champions is where they merge the brands, then that plays into Survivor Series a huge deal. Because right now, Survivor Series is being advertised as Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. But cards change all the time, and they're advertising which five people are going to be on the teams. It's like they're, they're just advertising something for the sake of advertising it. So for anybody that's like, oh, they're doing that, so that means you can't do anything other than Raw versus SmackDown. We could be in a scenario where Clash of Champions happens two days after the uh, the SmackDown on Fox premiere, and that could be when they merge the brands. If that's the case, Survivor Series is going to need some kind of Survivor Series match. And even though it's traditionally 5-on-5, the Four Horsewomen thing could be when they do that. It's either got to be WrestleMania, SummerSlam, or Survivor Series. If it's on like... I don't know, uh, TLC, it's going to seem really stupid, right?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It should be at Survivor Series. Unless they decide to do it at WrestleMania at any point in time.
1: They're the only ones that should do it. I don't think they're going to do it at Mania because I think it's, now that they're all so just ingratiated in WWE, it can't be like, well, this is an attraction match featuring four women who will never be in a ring again. So I think that's why it has to be at Survivor Series. And I'm not entirely convinced that that merging thing isn't going to happen, but we'll talk about that next week. See, I would
0: actually vote for SummerSlam as the one more that I would rather say it in. I think you can get away with SummerSlam not being every single championship is defended, more so than at WrestleMania where it's kind of like, what do you mean the Intercontinental title is not on the line? Like that kind of thing. So if they were to do this, there's enough time after the superstar shakeup. And we do have all four potentially leaving with championships at the end of this night at uh, WrestleMania. Cause you know, if Becky beats Ronda, then she's the raw champion. Charlotte's got the SmackDown titles. So then boss hug connection, they have the tag titles we could get over the course of the next couple of months. The build for somebody takes like Shayna Baszler takes the title off of Becky Lynch or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, We can get around that that way, and then we can get the four-on-four as either the headlining match of SummerSlam or the secondary main event. Titles don't have to be on the line, you know? Yeah, that's probably what I would do. I'd do that more so than Survivor Series, because I think Survivor Series, what gets like muddled up is the elimination aspect. Then you're ranking everybody, and you're forcing... You're not forcing it, but WWE forces themselves to follow into this trope where somebody will get eliminated very quickly. And it'll be like, Bailey gets taken out right out of the gate because isn't it interesting if the four horsewomen are up against Charlotte or something? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see that kind of happen.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's part of the issue with our series. But let's be honest, this is WWE and it'll probably happen in about five minutes on a go-home throwaway episode of Raw before something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to see at least when it comes to WrestleMania, which, of course, next week we'll be breaking down in full, along with NXT TakeOver New York and all the other things that are happening. Plenty of stuff going your way. We got. I think the schedule is three, four, five podcasts next week. So, oof. Uh best way to be aware of when those things go up is to subscribe to the YouTube channel and ring that bell for the notifications, and also subscribe to the Facebook and the Twitter. Just follow them at Moment. If you are interested in the iTunes and Stitcher side of things, I am still in the process of figuring that that out 100%. However, they are up right now the way that they are kind of supposed to be. It's I'm switching over to a new platform, and the redirect hasn't quite gone through, and I noticed that uh only the most recent 150 episodes have ever been going through on iTunes and Stitcher because of something with Feed burner, so I have to upload 400 something episodes of Smack Talk and like another 30 something episodes of fanboys uh, so that's kind of annoying. But I'll be working on that and chipping away as much as I can. For right now, though, if you are on the iTunes and Stitcher side of things, you probably are able to listen to this. So that's really cool. And I'm going to try to get into a couple other things in the future and try to submit this to some other kind of platform. So there's more options for people to do that. There might be some monetary side of things on that, too, with some sponsorships and everything. So I don't know. stay tuned for that kind of stuff. Uh, stay tuned to smartoutmoment.com for everything because everything gets posted through there. And We've got plenty of other things that aren't on the podcast side of things. We've got the weekly articles. We've got some uh, small packages that I unwrap every once in a while. That doesn't make any sense, but it made sense in my mind when I was saying it. Uh, <laughs> we've got the Tea Public and the Redbubble Shops if you want to pick up some merchandise. There is a Patreon if you have the spare change and you want to donate to help us keep the lights on and take advantage of whatever those tiers We've got fanboysanonymous.com for the geek culture side of things. I of course am looking forward to buying my Avengers Endgame game tickets next week and I'll be doing a Shazam review on, I think it's the third or the fourth, whenever that movie comes out. So next week's going to be a pain in the ass, but, uh, that stuff's all over there. Go check out the fanboy stuff and do everything that you would do on Smartcat Moment over on that side. I've got eWrestling News Bleacher Report, but I've got plenty of things that I've just been plugging. Let's toss this over to the other guys so they can plug some of their stuff. Rob?
1: I have eWrestling News as well. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFelice and check out Time Killer Apparel. And Tony, I'm kind of mad that you just came on here and said that we all have small packages. But, you know, <laughs> whatever, man. Callum? Where well, you can follow me on Twitter at weekmaster14.
2: Check out the power rankings and all the other weekly stuff that'll be coming out this week and in the weeks in the well not extra week leading up to WrestleMania. It's coming coming fast. You'd have thought there'd be some deal for it, but who knows. And then you have uh, 2001 Wrestling Odyssey. you have got episodes for January, February, and March up up there now. And we're going to have a special edition recording hopefully this week, and then out next week based around Wrestlemania 17 because that show deserves a
0: podcast all of its own yep that is what is coming your way everybody so stay tuned for all that stuff make sure you drop a comment below and tell us what you think about what we've talked about here and anything else that you want to chime in on and we will see you next time this has been another smart out moment and we're being counted out